Rory's back in London with uh, Alex, with Naomi. Um, and Naomi is like now fully unhinged or like she's becoming unhinged. Uh, less so because in winter she is just kind of like funny and quirky like stealing other people's food was like like if I was the person that that burger was going to I would personally be mad and fight her but like seeing it and knowing it's not my burger like I I think it's just funny (laughs) it's interesting that you said that because I had the exact same thought like I'm a tourist so I will fight you over sleeping food so yeah I remember (laughs) watching that I'm like (laughs) she she picked the right one This is Alex. And this is Em. Welcome to the latest episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. This is the podcast for nostalgic Gen X and millennials and binge watchers of all ages. On this podcast, we'll be discussing what we love, what we hate, and what's just a little bit problematic about the TV and movies we're addicted to, and do a little bit of rewriting where necessary. For much more exclusive content, become a show producer and patron on Patreon and get access to the after the episode bonuses, curated playlists, movie reviews, season finale and pilot episode reviews, and much more. Join the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash good bad basic. On today's episode, we'll be diving into the Netflix revival of Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life. Season 7 of Gilmore Girls ended with Rory working on the Barack Obama campaign and Lorelai finally settled with Luke. A Year in the Life picks up on the adventures of the infamous mother-daughter duo nine years later. A Year in the Life followed the original blueprint of Gilmore Girls using the same actors, same characters, and the same sleepy New England town. So how did this revival stack up to the source material? What's become of Lorelai and Rory? Is a year in the life even worth watching? Stay, Stay tuned. jump into a year in the life very very quickly a year in the life was a really ambitious revival done by netflix using again the same show the same actors and amy sherman paladino and her husband daniel paladino were the show runners right the, very the year, famously returning after very like, famously their from season seven yeah so after they were like you know they were not the showrunners of season seven of gilmore girls which was the last season that was on network television and the first season under the umbrella the cw they returned for a year in the life done by netflix and that premiered on november 25th 2016 it starts in winter and we follow these seasons in sequential order winter spring summer and fall so why don't we jump into it um alex let's recap that first episode of the miniseries which was winter 
How does winter go down? Okay, so winter is <clears throat> we're back in Stars Hollow. Um, I think winter famously being like Lorelai's favorite season. Rory is back and she's visiting Lorelai and coming home for like Christmas. And she's got a new man with her. So Amy Sherman Palladino, and she's got a new man with her, Paul. And the the ga- the running gag with Paul is like everybody forgets him. And so Amy Sherman Amy Sherman Palladino talked about this a little bit in that like she said something along the li- something along the lines of she was upset that people kept focusing on like Rory's boyfriends and like Rory's relationships and like that had been and she was annoyed that that had been like the dominant discourse around Rory in like the cultural sphere and i kind of remember thinking to myself well like maybe if you had actually made Rory more interesting or likable, or ambitious of any sort, we wouldn't feel we wouldn't do this. But alas, Amy, here we are. That uh-huh. is so weird to me that she said that. That um, is so saw, weird to me <laughs> because because you know what? That's whatever point you're trying to make failed with me, and I can say that honestly as someone who did not know, literally just came in upon this information when Alex just said it. <laughs> When the when the Paul character is introduced, I don't forget that Paul is there. But the fact that Lorelai and more importantly Rory, the person who's dating Paul, keeps forgetting that Paul's there, only makes me dislike Rory more. Um, it doesn't like it doesn't help. It doesn't like if you think I, that's what I'm saying. I guess I don't understand the joke. Like I get that it's a joke, but like. I don't, it's not a good one. Like, it's not a good one. Like, like someone really told this woman, stop making the narrative focus on these women's boyfriends. And so she introduced a man, a male character that was like a little more than um, an unwanted accessory for one of her protagonists. I don't I get just, it. And then I'm just also like, do you understand what your show's about? Like... <laughs> That, that's another thing that that's what also made me like really just question of like do you get the show that you wrote for se- like for six years because um I've got some news for you but we visit in on all of our favorite people from Stars Hollow we see Lane at Dozie's Luke Lorelai um and Michelle there's Suki is not there because they do not have that Melissa McCarthy money. Um, no, she her sky has risen since Gilmore Girls. Stock, <laughs> stock went up. So Suki doesn't come into like the very, very last episode. But there is like a funny little running gag um, that where all the chefs that have come to replace Suki and they talk about how Suki's like off, like in on a farm doing like, you know, amazing things. Cause she's amazing. Um, but there is a running gag where they keep bringing throughout the, the episodes where they bring in famous, extremely famous chefs at the, to work to replace Suki at the end. But like Lorelai keeps firing all of them. And the first extremely famous chef they bring in, is Roy Choi. That little gag to me is hilarious. Then we check in on Emily and we deal with the fact that uh, Rory's grandfather has died and we're visiting Emily sort of in her grief. So 
really quick, let's talk about when, so they flash back to uh, the, the funeral uh, in winter. And so we can see like the funeral and like everything that happened. Can we have like a quick conversation about how Jason is there, but not Christopher and how that makes no sense? Yeah. I don't know why Christopher wouldn't have come to her, her father's funeral. Um, Christopher had known her father longer. I mean, they're bonded there by through Rory, through Rory, right? His daughter is, is um, Richard's granddaughter and Richard didn't really have any bad blood with Christopher. Um, like, Neither of the Gilmores did very honestly. So I don't understand why that is, especially since Jason was like his, like, um, they were in that business partnership gone wrong, but Jason showed up like just, if nothing but for appearances, Jason showed up and Christopher did not, which was really weird. And it was a one time where like Christopher, her being a deadbeat and never showing up really left a sour taste in my mouth. Right, because it's, once again, that does not seem, <laughs> that's not in character, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was really bad. It was really um, bad. Um, and literally everyone else is on this arrival, you guys. They even brought back Dakin, Dakin Matthews, who played Headmaster Charleston. Like, Lorelai's dog, Paul Anka, shows up. Everybody shows up. Even Carol King revisits her role as Sophie Bloom. Right. I mean, she, um, like, Christopher eventually shows up, but he shows up, like, all the way at the end, which we'll get to. We'll get to. But, like, because that's another weird thing in, in and of itself. Um, but there is, like, this extended, but in the funeral itself, like, showing the funeral, it's weird that he's not there. I mean, I would have even had, like, Max be there <laughs> rather than Jason. Okay. Also, so then you, we have this other plot, this other big plot that will be that extends through winter about Luke and Lorelai like having another baby, and we see Paris, Paris, who are our favorite, um, our our absolute favorite Paris. Paris is running like a surrogacy service, I guess. Uh, like, it's like matches, a fertility clinic. Yeah, a fertility clinic, and she matches surrogates and. Well, it's just general fertility clinic, and she deals with, like, the surrogates, and that's part of it. And um, she is out to help Lorelai and Luke get pregnant, which is, I don't know, do you want to talk about that? I think it's odd. I do want to talk about that briefly, actually. So Lorelai and Luke's relationship are at a standstill. They're still not married, which I'm not really sure what they're waiting on because that shit might have been cute if y'all got together in your early 20s. But um, Rory is 32, 31 or 32, meaning that Lorelai is um, 47 or 48 years old. So what are y'all waiting for? And then she decides after you know, not having been pregnant in over 30 years that she wants to be pregnant now. Um, and I think she's seeing it more something to do. Like we're not married, we're engaged now, but we're not married. So let's move this relationship forward. How, however we can. And I'm like, sweetheart, you're going to be over 60 by the time this child is 20. Did you really think this through? They, they didn't. And I th and that's the point. And that's what, like, I mean, essentially we see, like, in winter is that she didn't think this through. Like, it's exactly what you say. She's looking for something to do. I think I think what bugs me about this plot is that, like, 
we already did this. Like, wasn't this the whole basis of like season, the back half of season six into season seven? Like, Luke wouldn't marry her and she's tired of like being at a standstill and tired of not being married. So she broke, so she like broke up with him and fucked Christopher and married Christopher. Like, we've, We've seen this plot like this. We've done this. Why are we well, returning? Technically, to it? she cheated on him. Then right. she broke up with him and <laughs> married Christopher. Right. But yeah, that's what happened. So that's why we find the Gilmore girls. Lorelai's bored in her relationship and needs to spice things up. And mind you, she is also grieving. I have to point this out because Lorelai had very strong feelings about her parents, but she loves um richard and emily and so she's grieving her father in her own way and this is part of the grieving process i absolutely feel that this whole i want to have a baby with luke thing was just part of her grief and part of her dealing with the trauma of having lost her father so we find them there we find emily grieving which is actually a side of the character that was really fascinating to watch so Edward Herman, the actor who played Richard, died, and they tied that into the story instead of replacing him with another actor, which I deeply appreciate. And we got to see an Emily that we never saw before, a grieving widow, someone who was grieving the person she spent has spent 50 years of her life with, you guys. That is right. a hard blow. Emily is someone that I've always been like very neutral about, like just as a character. Um, but I think she really flourishes and begins to shine i think she has probably the best arc of everybody in, in the revival i had very mixed feelings about emily but i always appreciated the way the character was written and the way that kelly bishop portrayed emily mm-hmm. um and i i knew that if anyone was gonna like like bring their a game on this revival it would be kelly bishop and she did not disappoint me i still think on a show that that was pretty well cast that she was one of the strongest actors on both this revival and the the wbcw original gilmore girls um i still stand by that kelly bishop is my favorite actor actress on gilmore girls (laughs) she yes um no i i agree with that i agree with all that and then um so then we go to london and when we go to london we see rory is working there and we see alex kingston who uh og another og another heavy hitter alex kingston you know her from like doctor who and you know her from like basically if you if you've ever turned on bbc america you know who alex kingston i've never seen doctor who (laughs) oh wow seriously okay hold on if you google her you'll be like oh her so it's cool to see alex kingston and she plays um, a woman called Naomi Shropshire, who is this sort of like quirky, like quirky feminist figure who Rory's going to write. Um, gonna Oh, Rory- her. If you just told me who she was on Gilmore Girls and I'd remember. Yeah, I remember her now. And I remember her on Flash Forward now. Okay. Um, who's going to like, uh, Rory's going to ghost write her book, um, which would be like. A, a big get because well money and we and we learn earlier when Rory's in Stars Hollow that Rory's sort of like all over the place in terms of because she's she's freelancing for the most part um oh, this is so kind you guys so this woman that she's ghostwriting for is not just quirky she is like full-on unhinged and Rory 
is not just um, all over the place. Like her journalism career is failing before it's even started. But we always knew it was because Rory was not cut out to be a journalist. It's because, okay. So Mitchum told her, didn't he? He tried to tell her. People, everybody tried to tell her and she just deluded herself. Like example, I was watching. I was like for a hot second watching Madam Secretary the other night. And I swear to God, this is going somewhere. And the episode I was watching was this episode where like the journalist spends a day with like the madam the secret madam secretary essentially and he's talking about how like oh i was like in the coca fields of like columbia and i'm like bitch would rory be in the coca fields of columbia like dodging like cartels like no she is no that life but here's a here's a here's the hard truth everybody didn't tell her only Mitchum told her. Her grandmother didn't tell her. Her grandfather didn't tell her. Her mother didn't tell her. Her boyfriends didn't tell her. The town of Stars Hollow didn't tell her. So when you're the one person who told her, nah, fam, you're not cut out for this, guess who looks like a hater? That's true. <laughs> so, Rory, so Rory agrees to ghostwrite. And it's essentially like a piggyback off of another successful piece that she had in the New Yorker and she agrees to ghostwrite this, this woman who she's in London to see, you know, but also who is in London, who Roy is also seeing Logan. That's who, because you know, that continues. Logan could not find the self love and the self respect to move on. And I want better for Logan. I want better for Logan too. And you know what? I kind of want Rory to like make rational decisions because what she was doing with Logan is something that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt her mother would never do. Like I'm going to turn down this guy's proposal. And while we're still young and childless engage in an affair with him. Um, and he's not even, he's, he's not even married. He's engaged, but that's not a marriage. You can break off an engagement, sweetheart. Laurel High would have been like, listen, I was wrong to reject your proposal in college. Let's get married now. Now, <laughs> right? Let me secure the bill. Basically, Rory gets a whole other chance to secure this bag. And, and she doesn't. And she doesn't. And not only that, but <laughs> Rory sees Logan and I guess like they're in and, you know, they had this agreement where it's like, you know, when you're here, you're here, like, and it's hot. And, like, when you're not, you're not. And that's whatever. And we don't ask questions. And we don't have strings. But this bitch has, like, boxes of her shit in his place. Girl. <laughs> like, like a public storage. Like a public storage. She's like, have you seen my stuff? Like, do you know where my dress is? He's like, nah, like, girl, I, I, I asked my maid to look for it. She didn't find that. I'm like... Rory, you have, what are you doing, hon? What's, what's going on? What are we? And in a later conversation with Emily, it's revealed that she's got her shit strewn at various friends' residences. Right? And like, Emily's like, so you're homeless. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm not homeless. I'm just, I'm just, you know, floating or whatever. It's like, nah, that's homelessness, ma'am. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. And she goes, <laughs> and she just looks at her. <laughs> that conversation was so satisfying because I'm like, sweetheart, you have relatives with homes, but you are very much homeless. You haven't mm-hmm. been living with your grandmother or with your mother. So where you been at? 
Right. So she can't find her dress in London, so she returns to Stars Hollow, and she's also storing more boxes at Lane's place. We check in on Lane, Zach, and the band, and it's sad, and it's horrible, and I don't want to talk about it, because it just makes me upset. We do meet Lane's um, sons, though. So Lane has twin boys. Y'all remember she was pregnant with twins, and her kids are Steve and Quan. And um, they're cute, and they're there, and she's got something to show for the last nine years where getting married and getting pregnant young pretty much brought her life to a screeching halt. Which I still don't think makes sense for the character, but fine, sure. Um, (laughs) Sure, fine. And yeah, and we see Brian, and we see Zach, and uh, Paris is... Paris even comes along and like sort of looks around and is like, "Ugh, what is this place?" Um, I should have mentioned this when we did our last review, but like, so, um, uh, what's what's the band member's name again? Which one, Brian or the other one? Oh, the one with the long hair. What was his name? Oh gosh, he's part of like some famous band, and I never, I was he is. His name. That's, that's that's Sebastian Bach. I was gonna bring that up. Okay, yeah. And you know, if you name your kid Sebastian Bach, they've got to be a musician. And he turned out to be one. Good look on the parents. Good, Good look. <laughs> In the last part of winter of like Emily Marie Kondoing her life. <laughs> and and Emily's like wearing jeans and a t-shirt. And it's it's really funny because it's, uh, and, it's re- and it's really great. Kelly Bishop, like you said, Kelly Bishop is, is so great and she plays it so well. This sort of relationship between Lorelai and Kelly throughout these episodes are, are to see their interactions in terms of each of them dealing with the the loss of Rory's grandfather is 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 awesome. Right. It's it's interesting because this tidying up her life and Marie condoing her 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 living quarters is definitely part of Emily's grieving process as well. She's not someone that cares about like minimalist and minimalism and stuff like that. Um, and then we get to see these um, these scenes of her and Lorelai in like family counseling, which was a long overdue. overdue. And they're really, really great as well. And I think without having Richard there, and I swear I'm not throwing shade on the Richard character. I'm just pointing out a fact she's had Richard and probably assumed that she would have Richard for the rest of her life. And without Richard there, she's had to do a lot of internal um, self-analysis on who she is and what her relationship with her daughter is. Right. Um, So what do you think about uh, Winter? Winter was beautiful. I mean, Luke and Lorelai's relationship is exactly where I expected it to be. It's on a treadmill, basically going nowhere fast. And Rory's life is exactly where I expected it to be as someone who didn't have the juice, but um, who had a really, really, really big cheering section. Right. Same. I like I like winter. Winter's a great little little warm up and great little dip uh, dip in the Gilmore Girls pool. I think even if you'd never watched any of the series ever, I I do think that in general, this revival from beginning to end captures the the essence of the show and the essence of the characters. And uh, it's good to sort of see everyone. I would, I recommend it. it. I think it's good. I think it's solid. 
I think my favorite part of winter is the fact that, like you said, I mean, well, not if you've never watched it, but if you've even just watched the very first season of Gilmore Girls, when you watch winter, you feel thoroughly immersed back into this setting. It feels very, very much like the same show, not just the same characters, but like we're like almost like going back to to Stars Hollow is like entering a time capsule. People have changed and people have grown, but the town hasn't changed, if that makes sense. Right. And it's really, really cool to like immerse yourselves in that. It was originally supposed to be called Gilmore Girls Seasons, and then it was changed to um, A Year in the Life, and then they titled each season. Each episode was named after a season, which is also the chorus of Carol King's um, new theme song, The You've Got a Friend. Mm. So it says, you know, winter, spring, summer, fall. So they really like have so many Carol King references on the show, and it's really, really cool. And you know what? Even Logan Huntsberger is exactly where I thought he was going to be um, as someone who's not living in Stars Hollow. He's having, he has exact life that we and his father always knew he would have. He does. He really does. All right. So um, good, bad, or basic for winter? Winter was very good, in my opinion. Same. All right. So getting into spring. So the next... Yeah, so the next uh, big uh, sort of thing is spring, and we visit, and it oh, and it legit opens with um, Emily and Lorelai on a therapist's couch, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which was desperately needed. <laughs> so needed, you guys. Like the, t- at, at the at the early at the latest, this, sh- this should have been done when she was sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And of course, like both of them are there and they are not like, they're not cooperating with, with, with really how therapy is supposed to go. They're just like, you know, Laura, Lorelai is essentially running out the clock. Um, And Emily Mm -hmm. is like waiting for her to say something, anything. And, you know, Lorelai is just being cute because she's Lorelai. And, you know, feels Mm -hmm. how she feels about Emily. Now this finally getting to the therapist couch was something that was triggered by events that happened after Richard's funeral. So Emily had, you know, a few of his friends had stayed behind, like his real friends, his close friends, not just acquaintances, as well as um, Lorelai. And everyone was going around taking turns, trying to like, you know, talking about like their best Richard memory. And Lorelai's panicking because she can't think of one, which actually makes sense if you've known someone as long as, you know, it, you know, 40 plus years on account of being their child to just pick just one thing. And so she starts panicking as people go around in a circle. She panics more and more. She can't think of anything. And then when it gets to her, she says the most basic thing. And then Laura, uh, like, excuse me, not Laura, Emily gets angry thinking that this must mean that she didn't value her father. So this is like the final nail in the coffin of all the tension that exists in that relationship between Emily and Lorelai. And that's what finally gets them into this therapist seat. Right. And that happens in winter. Yeah, that all of that yeah. happened at the funeral in winter. So here we are in spring between the events at the funeral and over 40 years of Lorelai feeling misunderstood and put upon and gaslighted and her mother feeling that Lorelai intentionally 
you know, um, disappointed her and Richard um, as an attempt to punish them. These two are finally supposed to be talking about their problems, but that's not happening. Right. Um, exactly. So then, um, but yeah, it's not happening and it's, and they're both sort of fighting it initially. So we leave the therapist's office with things still sort of like unresolved, um, between them, but it, it is like the beginning because like they will get back in this office and eventually, you know, do what needs to be done. But then we come to a town, a spring town event, which we see Mr. Kim for like the very first time. The ghost of Mr. Kim. I, see, I still call him that. <laughs> we see like, uh, Rory says, hello, Mr. Kim. And it's literally a shot of like this very adorable Asian man. And he like gives a nice quick wave. And then like the camera is, is gone, but it's legit. Like you can blink and miss it. And, um, it's disrespectful, but I'll take it. I'll take it. It's fine. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's so afterthought and after the fact that like, it's still, it doesn't resonate the way that it should have, so, you know, the way that it would have if he'd been on the original show. Right. So there, so speaking of Mr. Kim and like the, the shot, let's also talk about this, this running gag that starts in winter and then will continue through the rest of the episodes of like these random shots of like black people speaking mm-hmm. is like <laughs> it's pointed and it feels mean spirited. And I wish they, it doesn't come off as like, I think a joke or funny. It feels really mean spirited and really like fuck you to like all the people who like critic like had that criticism on the show for like years. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I wish she would have just ignored it. And just kept that shit moving. Right. You already, you already created a show that's very much uh, a white fantasy and a, a white woman's fantasy and a white New England utopia, right? So just keep it that way. It keep does it feel mean spirited. It and does. You know and I just wanted to mention it because it's something that'll continue. And it's like, and it's, uh, it's pointed. It's not as subtle as I think they think it is. It's me and it's kind of mean and it's like it is the essence of like white female fragility. <laughs> like Right. I think I remember saying somewhere on the TVD episodes, I definitely said this, that like <laughs> Julie Pleck hates black people. But I don't think Julie Pleck is fully aware that she hates black people. I really think that it's a very subconscious thing that comes out in her writing. Amy Sherman Palladino is someone who I believe knows she hates black people. <laughs> Like, and see, that's a strong statement. I would, I, I think Amy Sherman, I think she just doesn't give a shit. Like, and I think it annoys her that like people, that other people give a shit. Like, and I guess like I can understand that, but I also think that like, but I also think it's like, it it feels reactionary. Like it's from a place of like white guilt, but like white women would be so much white, white women and white people would be so much would be much better off if they would just come out and be like, listen, I don't give a shit about black people and I don't care. Like I mm-hmm. like, there's no part of me that cares about your lives or your inner lives or what you do. That's not what I do. That's not my bag. And I think if they would just come out and say that everybody would be like, cool, great. Good to know. Right. Thanks. And, it's, and it is that 
it is that initial apathy that I got from the original season is why I said that I'm pretty sure she's very well aware of how she feels about black people. And then like seeing this mean spirited gag, as Alex said, solidified my original assessment because it, it, it does feel like a fuck you. It does. It very much feels like a fuck you. Anyway, moving on. So Rory's back in London with uh, Alex, with Naomi. Um, and Naomi is like now fully unhinged or like she's becoming unhinged. Uh, less so because in winter she is just kind of like funny and quirky like stealing other people's food was like like if I was the person that that burger was going to I would personally be mad and fight her but like seeing it and knowing it's not my burger like I I think it's just funny (laughs) it's interesting that you said that because I had the exact same thought like I'm a tourist so I will fight you over sleeping food so yeah, I remember watching that. I'm like, t- she she picked the right one. <laughs> she right, picked the, she right, picked the right, one. right one. Um, but now they're sort now in spring. She's she's visiting, uh, Naomi again, and uh, Naomi's drunker, um, and and uh, less coherent, uh, and it has nothing to do with the alcohol. But then again. It's Rory's fault because I feel like Rory's not taking it seriously. And I feel like when you deal with somebody, like if you agree to like do something like that and you're dealing with somebody like that, you within and of yourself know that like you have to focus that other person and then you just, you've just got to focus them and then just write whatever at a certain Mm -hmm. point. You know what I mean? Right. Um, She has to, and I think Logan says that to her when she tells him how terribly her lunch with Naomi went right exactly so then yeah the uh, the immediate scene after is like her lunching with logan and yeah they're talking about how it went and logan's like yeah i told you that was gonna be like a shit show but like whatever yeah logan the, the state of rory and logan's relationship is and this has been it's very been been heavily implied or explicitly stated since they were in college whatever rory wants it to be right she's she's dropped the ball on her journalism career but at least get your your love life in order get some part of your house in order sweetheart right so during this meeting um this lunch rory complains about not getting a a call back from Condé nast and who who comes in the middle of their lunch but the one and only mitchum huntsberger and you know what Mitchum still is like, do you want me to make that Condé Nast meeting happen for you, girl? Because I'll fix it. And she's like, really? He's like, yeah, whatever. Like, I mm-hmm. like I make a call. They do what I, I tell them. And I'm like, damn, all these years later, Logan and Mitchum still laboring for you. That's crazy. Right. And I don't think Logan Mitchum has, has changed his mind about whether or not she's got the juice. He's just trying to help her because she's on his good side now. Right. I love that actor who plays Mitchum Huntsberger, Greg Henry, Greg with two G's um, at the end because he's sophisticated. Um, And he's just, the man has such great presence on camera in everything I've ever seen him in. Yes. Yes. But yeah, she's like, nah, fam, I'm I'm cool. I don't need you. But she does. Right. But she does. And (laughs) we'll get to it because my God. Um, The next thing I want to talk about is Paris. Paris and Rory, like, go back, uh, revisit Chilton in this, Mm -hmm. in spring, which is amazing. Uh, 
I I love that Paris gets out here and like um, tells the kids the truth about the world. <laughs> like Paris mm-hmm. is sort of like this general, like at Chilton. And she starts talking about how the world is evil and cruel. And then she talks about like a Joseph Stalin quote that she loves. And I just like, Oh my God. Paris. I love Paris. I love Paris. So before I even talk about how much I love Paris, fun fact about Liza wheel who plays Paris in an interview with uh, teen magazine back when the show was airing, Liza said that um, she loved playing Paris because when she was in school, she was a C student. So she loved playing someone as brilliant as Paris. And I think that's a testament to how strong of an actress she is. Because when I first started watching Gilmore Girls, I assumed she was just as sharp as the character she was playing. So shout out to that. On the episode itself, I remember watching and like damn near wanting to applaud because in terms of that, I kind of am a Paris. So I'm not going to tell the kids, I'm not going to quote Joseph Stalin for the kids, but I'm one of those people that like is very heavily against like lying to kids and calling it preserving their innocence or preserving their childhood. Like I'm not going to tell my kids about Santa Claus or the Easter bunny. I really think that having that time off from school and getting presents for no reason is more than enough to enjoy the holiday season and enjoy your childhood. Like I've never understood lying to people to make, to make, you know, for your own benefit and telling yourself that it's making their lives better. And I think a large part of the reason why Paris's life ended up so well is because she never deluded herself about the way the world works. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So I want to just like talk about everything that happens with this, like (laughs) Rory Logan situation and then get it out of the way so we can talk about other shit. So the next thing that happens is that Rory goes to London again to, to meet Naomi and like then it, and this time it completely falls apart. Like we all knew it was going to fall apart and Naomi sort of, um, is on this thing about like a whale and a mouse. And when the, the book proposal thing blows up, Rory's in, Rory's in, in London and listen, kids cheating is bad. But let me just say that. Like, I'm, I'm not endorsing cheating. I'm really not like cheating is bad. If you, obviously the other person made commitments that you did not, but like, you are also not person of the year if you choose to help a person deceive another person. And, but like, if you have to cheat, there are rules. There are rules of cheating. You know, mm-hmm. um, there are rules to being a side hoe. Uh, you play your position. You got to play your position. You got to play it right. And so this first, so Rory has, is in essentially the side hoe position. And spring is when we start to see like the first, like, emblems of like Rory just like Rory who can't get her journalism career right can't like get can't do her book proposal right can't find her clothes correctly can't and then now can't even be a proper side hoe can't even do that can't even do Mm. that like hate to see it you hate to see it and the first inklings of it come when the book proposal blows up and she's like, Oh, can I stay an extra couple of weeks? No. No. Rule number one, you don't change dates. Don't ask for more time. The time that is allotted to you is the time that you get and you, and you're happy with that. 
You deal Take with notes, that. children. Take <laughs> notes. Roy, Roy is immediately like, um, can I stay a couple of weeks? And Logan just like, is like, girl, you know, I, I you know, mm, she got, and Roy's like, oh, it's, it's, and Rory has the audacity to, like, be mad <laughs> that, like, Logan's fiance is, like, you know, coming back to the place where she lives. The fiance that she knew he had, that she was aware, <laughs> lived with him. Lived with him. She has, like, the audacity to be, like, upset. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, oh, God, it's ugly. So, anyway, she gets mad. And they, they like, sh- I mean, she's upset. But then she, like, pulls it together, I guess, and then leaves. And then, of course, later on when she's back in Stars Hollow, she calls Logan to ask for, to to submit, essentially, to ask Logan to um, to tell his dad to, like, make this Condé Nast meeting happen because she can't make it happen herself, which she should have just done in the first place. I don't know. <sighs> Rory. Yeah. And... She's and really she's quickly, so she's so annoying. And really quickly, I just want to, once again, like Logan, because Logan like picks up the phone and is talking to her about this Condé Nast meeting in the middle of the night while like Odette is in the bed next to him. I mean, answering the phone and talking to a whole side chick. Like, mm-hmm. like Lo- Lo- Logan is, Logan does like, she, I feel like she really doesn't understand how g- good Logan is to her. She doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. But what we do get is that Odette has got to be the most oblivious person or she's very well aware that he's cheating. He's just, he's just gracious enough not to let her see any of the evidence in their home. Right. I, I want to say that Odette is like smarter than everybody else. And Odette just understands that she's securing a bag. She's going to pop out a baby in two years and then like get a 20 million divorce settlement in like five Mm -hmm. and then call that shit a day. And I think Logan would be perfectly fine with that too. Like you, someone that would take that on the chin, like, Oh, you want a divorce? Okay. I guess girl. I guess I like, he's like, you earned it. You know, you put in that work. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit out here and, and disrespect you like that. Mm hmm. So spring was just full of surprises. The biggest surprise, the most uh, the most surprising thing of all of this, honestly, is something that seems like a small thing, but I think is a rather big thing. And all of these trips to London um, to get her back blown out by Logan, um, Rory does not tell Lorelai that she's see- that she's having an affair with Logan. No, she always, she codes it as like Dee Dee. She's seeing her friend Dee Dee in London. Mm-hmm. That's always what she says when she gets on the phone to. Never, never heard of Dee Dee, never smelt that, never felt that, but she's seeing Dee Dee, you guys. <laughs> she's seeing Dee Dee, whoever that is. Uh, so with all of that, like, so all of that is like a, a, a mess, but like she does get the Condé and Ask meeting and she does. Um, and also there's like a website, there's like a Buzzfeed type website that really wants Rory to come and work there. And Rory keeps like turning it down like a full time, full, full time job with benefits. Rory's like, nah, I'm not feeling it. The privilege jumped out. Cause honey, you are not too good for Buzzfeed, right? You're not too good for, for Buzzfeed. And she's like, mm, and Lo- and even Logan is like, Hey, like, this is a good, 
Logan, oh my God, Logan. Logan is like, this is a good opportunity. So like, supportive. So supportive. You 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 pray that like the 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 man you're seeing who's like cheating with you is like this supportive of your career. Like, is this supportive? <laughs> like we, Logan's like, you know. It's not, it's not the New York Times, but hey, like the fact that like they want you, that they're offering all this stuff to you, it's a good means that they're looking to like up their clout, like in the world. And like, this could also like be a good jumping off point for you if you flip it right. And what does this girl, what does this girl do? She walks into this meeting with the website completely unprepared and like gives them like a half-assed pitch. You know, what's interesting about um, Logan versus Rory? Is that I think in a lot of ways, because um, she had so many people telling her that she's so great, in that regard, I feel like she's even more privileged than Logan. Because I couldn't see a Logan who, um, let's say he lost his connections, would think that he was too good to work somewhere. Right? And I mean, we even sort of see that like in the proper show in season seven, when he loses that big business deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of like he he's trying to he he's humbled like and granted he doesn't like go to work at wherever but he his family like makes it okay but like he but he and Lorelai end up having a a conversation and Lorelai's like are you gonna get a job like do you even realize the position that you're in? And Logan's like, oh, just because I'm not like crying every day does not mean I don't understand that like, um, yeah, he's like, does not mean that I don't understand that like shit went supremely left. Like I, I'm very much aware. I'm just, I'm just, I'm handling it. But like, you know, you've got to, but just because I'm not handling it in the way that you think I should be doesn't mean I'm not. Um, but yeah, that's true. I get the sense like he would never feel like he was too, too good to do anything because it's like we said, like Logan, Logan is who he's always been. And Logan and the difference between Logan and Rory is that like Rory lives in a delusion, whereas like Logan understands how the world works and he's right. He just gets like, he's not, it's, it's just that he's rich and he's white and he understands, but he, but like, don't get it twisted. He knows how the world works. Right. He knows that he is in the peak privileged position, but he understands the, what life is for everyone else, which is why he holds so steadfastly to his peak privileged position. Go back to our last episode when he reads Rory for not understanding um, her privilege or, or pretending that she's not just as privileged. Right. When Rory gets this Condé Nast meeting and Condé Nast is like, Condé Nast essentially tells her like what they're looking for in terms of like pieces that they're willing to pick up and stuff. And Rory agrees to try to do this piece about like lines and like people lining up or something. Rory like sleeps with like a random that's in one of the lines that she's supposed to be like reporting on. And I hate it. I hate that they do it. Cause I think they do it to like create ambiguity about who the baby daddy is and it's dumb and it's unnecessary <laughs> and I hated it. Right. Right. So all of this is still in spring, right? We're still in spring. Yeah. She sleeps with him in spring. Right. So what do we think about spring as a collective? I like it. I like that we get more of like, 
I think it's fine. Like it, we, we move forward. I like Rachel Ray is the next chef that shows up. I think that's funny. I like that. We see Paris. I like that. We see Paris and Doyle. Doyle also comes back. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's so good. Paris and Doyle are, are, are divorced, divorced. Now, but clearly still very, um, sexually attracted to each other. <laughs> And and sharing custody of their two kids. And honestly, they have a pretty good life and they'll probably get back together if we do another revival. And I like the Lorelai Luke business is boring to me, but I do like the continuation of like Emily and um, Lorelai in therapy together. I think those like scenes are really great and funny. Yeah, Lorelai and Luke was probably the only boring bit of spring, but they've always been boring. So even that is consistent, at least. <laughs> like, t- y'all, y'all been boring. Like, I would be surprised if, if this became, like, the character of Luke is boring. So, of course, they're going to be boring together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rory tells Lorelai in spring that she is sleeping with Logan. And Lorelai mm-hmm. does not take it well. Mm-hmm. Which, like, why would you? Like, from the, from the standpoint of, like, this girl's mom, knowing that she turned on a proposal from this guy, probably understanding... Does, does Lorelai know that he's engaged to Odette? Refresh my memory on that. She does. Okay, yeah, why would you take that well, sweetheart? Come on. Right. Um, I don't think she hardcore, like, uh, reams her on it either. She's just like, oh, well, that's a slutty decision. Yeah, it's it's so weird because... Between um, Dean and Logan, one could say that this girl has a pattern of backsliding with her exes after they're, they've become involved or committed to someone else. Right. And I guess, like, and listen, I guess I get it because it's, like, because from, from when the show was on air, like, they had always sort of coded Logan as, like, Rory's Christopher. So, like, I get that. Like, I understand the continuation of that particular, like, motif. But, um, yeah, they need to just, like, resolve it, though. So I want to talk about that really quickly. Coding Logan as Rory's Christopher. I feel it's it was such a stupid thing to do. Just give her life a completely different path. Because Logan is better than Christopher. Similarly, they tried to make Jess her Luke. But Jess is better than Luke. That's true. Like, I still... <laughs> watching the survival, I'm still not sure if, like, Luke even really likes Lorelai all that much. Like, I don't he, even understand what y'all doing. <laughs> like, he seems to have transitioned from being perpetually annoyed and angered by her to just being resigned. Like, of like, oh, this will always happen. Like, this annoying person will just always be here, I guess. I guess this is a thing that we're going to do forever. Like, you know what I mean? In that he way. He really that, does act like he's being held hostage. <laughs> he acts like he's being held. Nobody's making you stay here. No one's making you stay here. Go if you want to go. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's good. Not as good as winter, but it's good. <sighs> Same. All right. Summer. Summer. At the beginning of summer, we see they're they're at like a pool, like the like the summer, the and they're in like full on like clothes at the pool too. Rory's like wearing like a long sleeve shirt. That's really intense. So real quick factoid about that. Um, Amy Sherman Palladino has a, some really interesting ideas about modesty as far as women's apparel. So on the original show, when they would wear like short, like shirts that were short, 
um, because she didn't want to see anyone's midriff, she would make them wear another shirt underneath it. Um, even when on when on other television shows, we could see girls like cleavage or we could see midriffs. This was very common on Buffy and Dawson's Creek and all the shows that preceded um, Gilmore Girls, even Smallville. She never wanted to, her her um, her female leads to show any skin. That's why the only girl that ever showed like an excessive amount of skin on Gilmore Girls was the girl that just dated briefly to make Rory jealous because she was supposed to be coded as the slut, quote unquote. That's so weird. I mean, yeah. okay, she's she's an odd one. So that's yeah, an, even at idea. the pool. Even at the pool, we got to be fully clothed because she's weird. But then, like, some, but then, like, Taylor walks by and they sort of like fat shame him. I don't know. Like, this show is weird. And they're like, those, these mm-hmm. two are all weird. Anyway, we see April again. April's in college. That's nice. Yeah, seeing um, Luke's daughter again was really, really nice. And it's, I mean, I was happy to see that they had kept a relationship because I didn't know where that was going to go once her mother moved and he was only getting like visitation like over right. the holidays i didn't know where that would go right and she looks like a typical sort of like freshman year i don't re- i don't remember remember i don't remember if she's like freshman or sophomore in college but she looks like your typical like early freshman sophomore like looking crazy high as high as hell all the time so good for her she's she's living and um uh yeah and and it's good to see her it's fun to see her and god and then we return to and then there's like it's fun to see like taylor so summer is like really focused on like the town and like the town events like whereas i think in winter and spring we were sort of between stars hollow in london a lot, but now it's like Rory is like very firmly in Stars Hollow. She's like moved back home. She's moved back home to be in Stars Hollow and she's trying to figure out her life again in Stars Hollow. And she only firmly moves back to Stars Hollow after a brief conversation with Logan. Oh God, Jesus. She calls Logan once again in the middle of the night. Once again, Logan answering the phone in the middle of the night. And she's like, can I come early? And he's like, girl... No, like, and granted it's Logan. So like Logan is super nice about it. And he's like, well, uh, you can, but like, I'll have to like put you up in a hotel. And then she's angry about the fact that she has to be in a hotel because like I said, she can't play her side hoe position properly. She doesn't like, she's just violating all the rules of cheating. And then they get into like, essentially a fight. They Mm -hmm. do, they get into like this, this fight between them about and she she has the nerve to be upset that like he's essentially prioritizing his fiance over her and Mm -hmm. i'm just like listen the problem with rory is that rory wants to be treated like the thanksgiving turkey when she's really just the mashed potatoes (laughs) (laughs) okay like you know odette is a thanksgiving turkey and when you think about that you you know you gotta get the turkey you gotta like take the giblets out. Then you gotta then you gotta season the turkey. Then you gotta pull up the skin, right? And then put like the butter. Like usually there's like a nice uh butter like herb solution, and you put it under the skin like preemptively. And then you gotta brine. And then you gotta put the turkey in the oven. But even when the turkey goes in the oven, 
you still got to baste. You got to check in on that turkey. Every You got to give a lot of love and attention and focus to this turkey. Now, mashed potatoes, you put the mashed potatoes in the pot, you boil it. And it's not that we don't care about the mashed potatoes, right? Because listen, you because you always got to get that butter milk ratio just correct, right? But the mashed potatoes takes significantly less work and cannot be prioritized in the way that the turkey is prioritized. And Rory just can't can't understand that she she's not the Thanksgiving turkey and she wants to be treated like the Thanksgiving turkey, but she's not the turkey. She's just the mashed potatoes. And she needs to live with that shit and call that shit a day. That was beautiful. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> that's, that's the situation. And I need her, and she needs to get on board. I mean, is she the mashed potatoes with or without the gravy? That matters. Oh, that's a, she's without. Fair. See? <laughs> you so that's that's Rory's issue. That's Rory's problem. But anyway, there's this musical sequence in this that I hate. Do you like it? In in summer. Um, I'm I was very ambivalent about it. Actually, I didn't understand why it was happening except to be a time filler. Same. I, you know how I feel about musicals, <laughs> television shows. I kind of hate them. Okay. I kind of want to talk about the subplot of um, Lorelai's eat, pray, love moment. Yes. Let's do it. Yes, let's, let's do it. So she reads this book. Refresh my memory on what the title of the book is, please. Wild. Wild. That's the name of the book. Thank you. And she, so she goes and there's a bunch of other fans of the book. And some, some of them are downright stands whose lives revolve around reenacting the, um, the goings-on in the book. And she thinks that doing this will help her to achieve some type of peace. But she comes wholly unprepared in typical Lorelai fashion. Like, a lot of these girls have been training for this, like, physically and getting their provisions together for, like, a year. Right. And so she goes... And on the second day, when she can't join in um, on the second leg, she pretty much wanders off on her own. And at some sort of hill or mountain summit, she has this epiphany. She calls Emily and she tells Emily what her real favorite memory of Richard was, which was when she was 12 or 13 and she wore um, something pretty to school. And the boy that she liked saw it and called her a slut. And so she left school and skip, went to the mall to skip school and ran into her father there. And he bought her lunch and took her to a movie. And Emily doesn't interrupt her. And Emily listens and they're both crying. And this is probably the most emotionally intense, therapeutic bonding experience that they've ever had. And it was great. It was the, my favorite scene of the entire A Year in the Life. It's beautiful. And I like it because I'm not going to lie. I wasn't quite sure where, where it was going at first when that sequence sort of starts. Because it starts in the beginning of... This actually doesn't happen in summer. This happens in, like, fall. Um, but it it when it starts, like, I don't know where it's going. Because 
at the end of summer, she just sort of tells Luke she's doing this thing. And he's like, uh, okay. And I, that's how I felt. I was like, uh, okay. But how it culminates is, it is really, really beautiful. But yeah, I'm sorry I jumped ahead, you guys. So that did happen in fall. I couldn't for the life of me remember which season that was. So we'll talk more about that later. And right. And like the preparations for it and how Luke dealt with it when we get to fall. I feel like summer was largely a time filler. And I don't remember anything of real significance happening there. Does Jess come back in in summer or fall? Summer. And that's really the only thing I think that's happening in summer. You're right. So like you have that like extended musical sequence. And like I said, I'm I'm baffled by actually how long it goes on for. It, it, and it goes on for like a really long time. I, I don't know like if it seems like the the whole purpose of it was just to to get Sutton Foster on do, singing cuz that's what she does or like did for a really long time. Um Mm -hmm. I love Sutton Foster. If you guys don't watch Younger, start watching Younger. Yeah, watch Younger. She's fun in that. I mean, but like it goes on forever um, to like a super annoying end. It's good. Like I said, like you said, it's the catalyst um, that this sort of like trail hiking thing that happens uh, next in fall is great. And the scene that spurns it between Lorelai and Emily is also really wonderful. It is like Emily being very vulnerable with Lorelai, I think, for the not for the first time, but like in a way that she doesn't often see her mother. And even Emily sort of talking about to Lorelai about like, I just feel like you never care. And them being sort of honest. And it's it's great to see. Like I said, all of the stuff with Kelly Bishop and Lauren Graham in these episodes are perfect. So mm -hmm. then we get to, so let me get, so, but yeah, largely summer feels like filler. I feel like they make, they drag out summer for like an hour 30, but like summer could have easily been a nice cool 45 minutes. Girl. Yes. And I want to like add on something to the whole Lorelai and Emily relationship. So it wasn't until I watched the revival that I really understood what Emily's large issue with Lorelai is and why she thinks Lorelai doesn't care. Because from the very beginning, Lorelai is someone who uses humor and sarcasm as a defense mechanism. And I can understand how if the show just shifted slightly and had made her parents the protagonist, we could have gotten a real full scope of just how deeply annoying that is. <laughs> no, absolutely. I totally agree with that. So yeah, I get it, and like we really get Emily Emily's perspective, and that was that gave the I think the characters and the audience some real closure on that relationship. It did. So I. So yeah, summer was summer was okay. It was a little bit basic, but it was okay. Yeah, it was okay. Um, so so we pick up in fall. Um, fall, Jess is back, and like he he reappears in summer to tell Rory because Rory has this idea to like write a book called the Gilmore girls <laughs> and not the just Gilmore girls. just Gilmore girls. <laughs> um, Jess is like, yes, Rory, you should do that. And then Jess sticks around and he's here in the pickup in fall. Wait, really quickly. We, we actually completely overlooked other examples of Rory being hell bent on destroying her life. So back when they visited Chilton, Head my, headmaster Charleston offered her a job at Chilton. 
That happened. Oh, yes, that happened. <laughs> and that she happened. Turned it down. She turned it down, and I'm like, fam, what? You gonna say no to private school money to New England elite one percent what private school money? You don't know what you're doing. And you know, if she played her cards right, she could have been the headmaster one day. But anyway, later on, um, before the whole thing with the book happens, she sort of more or less takes over the Stars Hollow Gazette. And yes. um, she's given an opportunity to run her town's newspaper, which obviously isn't as much money as being a teacher at Chilton, but more than enough to, uh, to support herself in that town. Right. And there's no, and listen, like people do local news or like do local stuff all and like flip it into like national stuff all the time. Like that happens mm-hmm. all the time. There's no reason why, she couldn't have like if she like hustled and like made that sh- made it pop that there would that there wouldn't be like some sort of like prime time or like national syndicate to be like oh look at this like funny little sweet charming town in this place that's mm-hmm. already kind of famous because Lorelai's Inn is now like really famous right the yeah, show the five flies really independent it, like really, the the inn is really really popping popping and there's no way like they can be like oh there's like and if famous people are coming through the Dragonfly Inn all the time, listen, and then, like, you have a direct connection in there, that's that's money. That's butter. Like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, Diane Sawyer is a hustler, and Oprah is a hustler, but Rory Gilmore is not a hustler. She's not. God bless her <laughs> sweet little heart. Um, <laughs> so all those things happened and she said no to all those opportunities and, um, you know, rejected the help of various connections before she decided to write her book. And you know what? That's that's a niche that she needs to be in, not just writing books in general, but writing specifically about her and her mom, because that's what she knows best. Right. And that's that's essentially what uh uh Jess says he's like this is it this is what you know and then although when she tells Lorelai about the book Lorelai does not take it well Lorelai is like absolutely not don't don't do it um but anyway that that's resolved later um and then also I did say that yeah her and Logan do have like a big fight and like they and they have a and you know what they have a fight over they have a fight over the fact that like he once again oh my god no i'm not getting back into that that's foolish moving on (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) so dumb like i just hate how dumb she is about that situation so dumb um so but then we cut to like you said this like the beginnings of this uh uh wild hiking journey thing um and it's cute to see. So Lauren Graham in like real life is like married to Peter Krause. And he makes like an appearance as like the guide, like the hiker guide person. And that's really cute to see. Um, oh, they're not married. They're just partners. They've been partners for a while, but they still, they're still not married. They're, it's very much like her and Luke's relationship. ironically. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. That's, I'm staying corrected. Mae Whitman also makes an appearance and she played Lauren's daughter um, on the show Parenthood, which we're going to be reviewing next week. Mae Whitman plays Marcy, who is one of the women on that like wild trek. It's like one of the people that she she sees on the road. Yeah. So her character's name is Marcy and she meets her 
when she's doing wild. Okay. Okay. Well, um, it says she, we, I don't think so. I think we met her before because on her, on May Whitman's IMDb page, it says like she's in spring, not fall, which is like okay. that big. So we, but yeah, her character's name is Marcy, you guys. So keep your, keep your, keep your ears open for Marcy. <laughs> Marcy. She appears somewhere. So one of the earlier things that happens in fall is we get this like long extended life and death brigade sequence. Now people were really upset about the life and death brigade making a reappearance, but to me, it makes perfect sense that the life and death brigade shows up. Um, I agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. Like people are really upset. They're like, why do we have to watch these privileged white men? And I'm like, have you missed this? Sh- like, have you not been watching this show for seven seasons? They clearly tuned out when Lori, you- when Rory Logan gave that speech about Rory being the exact same person. Like they, l- let me tell you something. A lot of people must've blocked that straight from their minds. Like they're like, Nope, I refuse. Rory gets really heated and has a lot of smoke for Logan essentially over the fact that she is mashed potatoes. That's literally what the fight is about, that he is not running to her and like dealing with all her bullshit. That that's essentially their fight that they have when in, in um summer when they're on the phone. And what does Logan do? My God, what does Logan do? <clears throat> Logan could have just been like, okay, girl, that's like, if you want to like screech about that, that's some shit you can do. Like, okay. And he could have left it. I personally would have left it. I would have been like, listen, I'm a rich white man. I don't need this. Like, you're not the only side hoe in the game. Like it's better bitches than you out here. Like, honestly. And I am a news, like I am one, I'm part of the 1%. I'm white. I'm rich and my body, like my body is like insane. And I give that good dick. Like I don't, it's a lot of baddies out here that I could pull. <laughs> he lot. don't need this. He, he don't, don't need, need this in his life. I don't need this in my life. Lots of baddies I could pull that were, that are going to play their position properly. Okay. But what does Logan do? Logan goes to stars hollow and shuts down the whole town, pays off everybody. And like, once again, sweeps in with Colin and Finn and the crew to make Rory feel good about her shit decisions. (laughs) Right. And like they come and you know, Colin and Finn were probably balls deep in some girls themselves (laughs) and decided to put their lives on hiatus hiatus. (laughs) to just like come and be there for Rory. And like, they've always been there for her. So I've had a lot of time to think about why people hate Logan and the life and death brigade so much. And I really feel like they tell themselves that it's because of this negative influence that Rory made fill-in-the-blank decision. They refuse to see Rory as someone with autonomy and shit judgment. So they want to blame these auxiliary characters for the course that that her life takes. Everything from stealing that boat back in the original series to the fact that she is a glorified failure in the revival right like and 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 then not only and so logan comes and he and you're exactly right and so logan not only comes not only buys out like a a a club for them like a tango club for them to hang out all night all this like wild shit you know 
icing on the like piece de la resistance. He Rory tells him about Rory had told him, I guess, or tells him about the book she's trying to write. And what does Logan do? Logan's like, take this key. It's an empty ass house that we own. Ain't nobody there. My dad only bought it to spite Martha Stewart. That's the that's the sole reason he bought that shit. It was to spite Martha Stewart. It's beautiful. It's gonna be a maid there. It's gonna be a cook there. It's gonna be a cleaner there. They're gonna handle all that shit. And all you have to do is write that book. And what does this bitch do? What does this bitch do, Em? What does she do? Nah, nah, fam, that's okay. I don't need it. <laughs> oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. Oh my god, I hate it. I hate it. I, hate I, hate it so you. Do you I don't know how many gift horses she thinks are gonna come along, but I promise you there is a finite number of those. <laughs> do you know, like, I, like, I, like that? What Logan does is like what I dream about. <laughs> like when I go to sleep, I wish somebody would do that for me <laughs> so I could write my screenplay in peace. Like I wish that shit. And all I have to do in return is like hop on some dick and like good looking dick at that, ma'am. Right. It's, it hardly looks like a chore to be fucking Logan, to be very honest. <laughs> to be very fucking honest. Like, but like, I don't even need a Logan. Like, my dreams, my, yeah, my dreams are so humble, y'all. All I need is like, I don't even need a Mitchum Huntsberger. Give me a headmaster Charleston to offer me a job at a prestigious private school and I'm going to make it happen. Period. Right? Make it happen. Like, I'm going to do Period. what I got to do. <laughs> right? I will make it work. I will make it work. And even like, uh, I think she tells Paris that he offers her a job and she's like, oh, so cool. So you're going to take it, right? Because, you know, your ass is broke and jobless. <laughs> right. And she just looks at him. She's like, nope. <laughs> so, so, uh, God, and I hate it. So like, so, so Logan comes, the boys come and then they head to like, I guess another place, another Vermont, like another state to, I guess, sleep in this inn for the night and Logan like I just I love Logan yes Logan like Logan even is like he's not even expecting it like because you if you got your whole crew to come out here buy out a tango club you know um put on a, a film shut down the whole whole town the very least and then, and then you've offered a place to stay and live and work for like, however, inde- essentially indefinitely at the very least you're expecting, you know, you know, now you're going to return the favor by having sex with me. Logan doesn't even assume Logan is like, you know, I didn't understand, you know, when they get to the end, Logan's like, I didn't know where we stood. So I got you your own room. And that's another thing about Logan. That's beautiful. He never assumes, um, I think of all the boyfriends she's ever had, he's the only one that didn't expect things. He didn't expect um, her to fall in love with him. He didn't expect her to have sex with him. He's very much go with the flow, take life as it comes type of person. And I think that just makes makes you want to fuck him more, actually. It does. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> um, and he essentially just did this all because like, and like, I'm just like, Logan got up out of the bed that his, like, Logan got up out of his bed that his fiance's sleeping in, the turkey, to get on and got on a plane to make Roy feel better about her inability to be a side hoe. Like, Logan is a king among men. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Lest we forget Colin and Finn. 
They were never, ever fucking this girl. They legitimately have no reason to leave Europe or Australia or Asia or wherever it was. They were fucking someone new because, you know, they were to come help Rory. They're just great friends, great, wealthy friends, great, wealthy friends. And and then shout out to like Matt Zucri. We get like a short we get like a short view of like Matt Zucri's like body that still looks amazing. Shout out to you, Matt. Um, eating shrimp and broccoli and and um, nothing but and working out is a hard thing to do. And then they, and then essentially like low, and then Laura Rory and Logan have this like, I guess, final, like, where this is like, this is it. This is the end of the line. Rory is like, you know, this is a no, like, um, they're parting for the last time, um, which is dumb for reasons that we'll, we'll get into later, um, and feel stupid, particularly like when we get to like the turn at the very end of this whole Mm -hmm. journey. But before we get there, yeah, we before we have get there, a wedding. Um, Luke and Lorelai finally tie the knot, you guys. I'm not really sure what she's doing because I feel like Homegirl could do better. But and Luke is acting like, you know, he's doing her a favor being with her. But they lock it down. They get it together. It's fine. Yeah, um, nice. they get married in the fall. The town looks absolutely beautiful. I was about to say the wedding sequence is like really well directed and shot, and it's the best sequence um, of all the episodes. Mm-hmm. I agree. It looks beautiful. Um, the wedding looks beautiful, and despite how I feel about Luke and Lorelai as a couple, it really seeing them get married does lend a sense of closure because they've been on this non-committal and prior to that a will they won't they for a total of 16 years <laughs> right rory gives lorelei the book and then we see christopher we do see christopher before luke and, and lorelei get married very briefly it's the first time he's shown up in all the episodes which doesn't feel right to me honestly but okay um, yeah, I feel like he should have shown up. I mean, he didn't have to be in every episode, obviously, but he should have been in winter, even if it was just like a cutaway shot of us seeing him at the at Richard's funeral. He should have right. been in winter. Christopher and Rory have a brief conversation about Rory and and everything that happened and how she was ra- which will and how she was raised and like whether they talk about. Did Roy asks him, do you, you didn't really fight to be in my life. Like, do you think, how do you feel about all of it? And he's like, well, your mother was always going to do what she was going to do. And she's like, yeah, but you never really, it's a dumb conversation. That's what I, that's literally my notes. I have a conversation and it's stupid. For a the conversation of- is really bad um, because, because he almost tries to reframe the conversation as if Lorelai was was keeping him from his daughter, which never happened. Happened. Um, or that um, she was telling him not to help her financially, which never happened. And then he's like, oh, so you're saying, so Rory says, oh, so you're saying that it was good that she raised me alone? And he's like, no, but I think if you ask your mother, she'll say that things worked out exactly like they were supposed to, which I feel like in that conversation, it really just felt like Christopher exonerating himself. Right. It, like, I get what the show is trying to do. They're trying to be like, yes, this is all. But like, no, it really does feel like he's just exonerating himself for being a deadbeat. But shout out to David Sutcliffe. He looks amazing. 
white people don't age age so well i was gonna say like he must have like not his family must have not owned slaves because he they kept up really well and i feel like you know evil ages you it does that's all i'm saying shout out (laughs) maybe david sutcliffe is like 116th negro who knows maybe who knows very possible very possible. <laughs> the point um, is, the he point looks is. good. He definitely aged better than Luke. Um, so David Sutcliffe, Matt Zuckery, and um, Jared Padalecki, Dean, who does make an appearance in one of the seasons, still look great. Still look still, great. Still look great. And then, uh, and then we finally get to, and so then after the wedding sequence, after all of this, we get to essentially they end. And so this is the morning after, cause they, they, Luke and Lorelai get married at night and they're sitting in Rory and Lorelai are sitting in this gazebo, you know, they're talking and the show ends with Rory just sort of turning to uh, Lorelai and saying, I'm pregnant. And I don't know who the father is. It's Logan's baby. Like, shut up. We all know it's Logan's. (laughs) No, well, so here's the thing. So again, Amy Sherman Powell, I'm referencing her now. I'm quoting her directly. She's like, you know, it could very well be Logan, but don't leave out the possibility of the guy that she slept with in, um, what was it? Spring? And also, she, Amy told us not to discount um, <laughs> Rory's fake boyfriend, Paul, as a possibility either. See, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about Amy Sherman Palladino's on some really dumb shit. Like, you know what I mean? It's so stupid. Paul? Like, give me the one night stand. Don't give me Paul. Right? Or they like... look like they've ever fucked. First of all, it's Logan's. Let's not play games. Like, he's the person. It's most likely Logan's. I don't want to hear anything else, like, because he's the person she's been fucking for, like, four hour-long, hour-and-a-half-long episodes now, frequently, mm-hmm. at each and every turn. She's getting, I mean, she's she's going overseas for that dick. Although I mean, it could be the one-night stand. One-night stand things happen, but don't accept me to believe that Rory and Paul were fucking, because they don't even look like they hold hands. Stop right. it. But then also I feel like she co so like I also just think it's Logan's for the sake of like the whole thing in terms of like we, they've always coded Logan as Rory's Christopher like after the whole life and death thing when they sleep together one more time and they part and then but yeah this cryptic conversation between Rory and Christopher and them sort of in her like asking what would you have done like I feel like it's very much she's trying to decide like is Lo- would logan even like be in my life or which is dumb for the reasons you said prior because like logan is not christopher like an he's so I, much better so much better like if rory ran to logan and was like i'm having your baby logan would be like okay so like this odette thing is over like <laughs> right cuz they're not married yet he ain't put a ring he didn't he didn't he like has, he didn't like do the social contract with this girl yet girl, yeah like he hasn't taken vows yet so he'd be like okay so this odette thing is over so like let's figure out what we're gonna do like let's get married pro like even like like even if at any and that's what kind of frustrates me about like this whole thing even between them in this revival because if at any single freaking point of any of these episodes if Rory had got on the phone and been like Logan I still love you like I was wrong to reject you like I want you Logan would be like I like, I want you like, let's do this. Like, let's be together for real. Like I want to marry you. Logan would be like, yeah, 
let's do it. Like, fuck this Odette person. Like, who is she? Like, at any point, she he would have done that. You know what right. I mean? Right. So, again, Logan is not Christopher. He's much better. And they're definitely trying to make just her Luke. Like, he's the one that supports her and encourages her when she needs it the most. And he's all humble and hometown boy and i know what they're trying to do but again jess is also better than luke this version of jess the jess he's been since she was in college is better than luke period and i feel like would want i feel like deserves better and like i don't even yes. know that like in that in this jess that like is now that is all grown up i don't think that jess even fucks with rory like that like anymore to be honest i think he's like well like no i think i want somebody who like doesn't only like want me on their terms like you know what i mean right and so bringing up um dean like i said he made an appearance and i believe either winter or or spring it's and it's at the end of fall okay so the end of fall i'm really getting the timeline messed up you guys i promise i know what i'm talking about i just (laughs) the order escapes me he makes an appearance like they run into each other in Dozie's market where he used to work and he's married not to Lindsay. He remarried some other girl. Um, he has a happy life. And I remember finding that deeply satisfying at the time. And I was like, why? I don't even fuck with Dean like that. But then I realized why he's the only man who's ever been in Rory and Lorelai's lives. Who's shown as not still being hung up on them. Right. <laughs> And they love to do this. They love to make any woman, that any man that's ever been with Rory in particular, like, you know, ready and willing and able and just waiting for her signal to come running back. Right. Just like they, that's all they do. They just they just they're waiting around for for these two ridiculous people to love them. I don't know. Whatever. It's not cute. It's not cute. Also, we almost forgot the most important thing that happens they found they found that melissa mccarthy money <laughs> they, they did only, they finally managed to get my girl they like i mean they only could get like legit two minutes but they found it and i you know shout out to y'all um and she comes and Suki comes perfect and gloria and melissa mccarthy is bathed in all her a-list glory and has made like a bunch of cakes for like the wedding lorelei's wedding Melissa McCarthy's skin is like glowing. She looks great. She sounds great. She's, you know, she's still that, she's that bitch. Like she, she, she's just about it. She's about it in a big way. That's all. Yeah. Um, I love seeing Suki. Um, she was still married to Jackson. Wasn't she? She was. Mm hmm. And she should have, she should have left that man. (laughs) should have left that man after that whole um faking a vasectomy for like two damn years bs that's such a violation but it stars hollow i guess he's the best that you can do like who is she gonna hook up with kirk so um <laughs> which kirk is actually living his best life within the course of this series kirk is still like just doing it i love kirk he found so a long-term girl he found a long-term girlfriend when the season was still airing so he's he's happy he's, he's, he's happy. having the best life um, and I love Kirk. Like Kirk's, Kirk's always walked to the beat of his own drum. And of all their eccentric characters, I remember Kirk and Miss Patty being my favorite. Same. Um, but yeah, that's that's where it concludes. She tells her mother the morning. And you know what? I gotta say this. I gotta get this shit off my chest. 
choosing that moment to tell her was some fuck shit. Wait a, wait a few days, wait a week until after. Let your mother digest this happiness and everything in her orbit being where it should be. Like, you're not going to become unpregnant if you wait a little while to tell her. Right. But that's Rory Gilmore. She's a very, like I said, she's a very self-centered person. She tells, like, Lorelai's still in the glow of being a newlywed. Ain't even been married for six hours. And then Rory tells her this shit. <laughs> right, and Rory tells her this shit. And it's just like, uh. I guess this is what we're doing. <laughs> so Lorelai's not going to become a, a mom of two. She's she's out to be a grandma now, um, which is going to be interesting to see if they do another revival. I don't know how popular the revival is. I really don't. I know that the Gilmore Girls stands went for it, but I don't know if it got any like organic viewership from like people who might not have seen the series. So I don't know if it's going to get another mini series, another set of seasons, or if it's just over. But yeah, Rory's, think, it's clear Rory's not going to abort this baby. So she's going to have it. Right. She's going to have it. It just, I mean, for me, it feels final. It feels like, and I think, and part of the reason why it feels so final to me is like, I guess knowing the sort of like kerfuffle that surrounded season seven and then it it felt like a return and 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 the Ralph it it just it does. It feels this feels really final. Um I don't and honestly, like I don't I hope they don't do another one. I don't think it's necessary. I think it's fine. It's like a nice little limited series and I feel like I got everything I wanted to. Even if I thought it was dumb, which I did at a lot of places, it it feels it feels definitive of what Amy and, and Amy Sherman Palladino's vision was all in all. Yeah, it, it there is a completion to it. So I will agree with that. There's a finality to it. And if there is no more Gilmore Girls, if this is the end of the line, I have I'm pretty content with where it goes. Like we can assume that Rory's book would get written, would get published, would become the Gilmore Girls show as we know it, and we'd come full circle. And she'd probably eventually end up with Jess because that's where the show was pushing us. That's a direction that we were, I felt that we were headed in. And, you know, that Luke and Lorelai become that old couple and, you know, have a good life together. I don't need anything else. If we got something else, I would kind of be trepidatious about it because I feel like there's a lot of room for failure if you keep this going. Right. And um, we get this amazing, like, I think, character arc with Emily's character. It's Emily. so great. It's so and She great. moves to Nantucket. She leaves the Gilmore house, which I completely understand. I'm not going to share a home with someone for over 40 years and then live in it without you, especially not a house that fucking big. She moves to Nantucket. She becomes a museum tour guide. Emily has her third act, and it's great. And it's excellent. Um, it's so excellent. Uh, we we check back we check back in on all our favorite people, and we and through like the dialogue and stuff, we understand like where they're at, and that feels definitive. And it it's everything. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I feel very fulfilled. I feel very complete. I would have liked to see Chad Michael Murray reprise his role as Tristan. Um, like on but he didn't. Like when they see Tristan in the halls, it's like another guy and it's just his back, which I thought was really smart. Like don't replace the actor, like replace replace. Um, don't show us a new person's face. <laughs> right. They they get like a inter- they get like a Chad Michael Murray like look like body type look alike and then they they just hide his face, which is really smart. I would have liked to see better for Lane. <laughs> well, we knew I that was going to happen because, like, white women right. would not let the one woman of color shine. Because that's a rule. Right. And they already told you that, like, her life was going to come to a standstill when the show was still on air. Like, they told you that, that sh- they were going to do that shit. So, so. Not, a, not, a, not, a, not an altogether surprise. I'm glad that Dean is happily married, living his best life, and not still somewhere pining over Rory. Because I feel like if we hadn't seen him, we could probably make that implication based on how all their other boyfriends act. Right. A year in the life. What do you, what do you think? I love winter and fall. And I like spring and summer. And overall, I actually think this was so well done and probably much better done than most seasons of the original show, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, same. I really like, I, I think my favorites are probably winter and fall. Um, and overall, besides like the little stuff things i think it's true to the characters um i think i think it's true to the characters and i think it's good i know people initially like when it was released people were going up over like rory's sort of depiction but i feel like you only go up over rory if you like don't if you if you didn't realize that this is who she's always been (laughs) So yeah, if if you got lost in the sauce and you were swimming in the fantasy, I don't know what to tell you. It's time to wake to up, you. beloved. It's time to wake up. <laughs> right. And that's yeah, I guess that's it. I'm like if you were I don't know what to I don't know how to help you, honestly. But and like you know what? It's like this and even like spring, even this year in the life is still very like fantastical. Right. I think it still stays true in a lot of ways to this sort of white female fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that the, the setting really lends to that. Stars Hollow almost feels like a magical fairy tale land. Even the name Stars Hollow is so tragically romantic. I think it still happens in this fantastical setting. And I think all the things still come to Rory, honestly. Like, even, um, I mean, she gets knocked slightly but even then like there is like she does have her rich baby daddy to like come and save her Rory Gilmore has copious safety nets she got baby daddy she got his daddy she's got her mom she's got her grandma she's got her stepdad she's got um his his nephew like girl she's got headmaster Charleston (laughs) like right like still things still are like falling into her lap so I don't know I don't know I don't know what else you wanted like did you want like we said Rory is not going to be out here in the coca fields of Columbia like that's not that was never going to be her destiny and you're deluded if you thought it was going to be Rory was not going to be out here you know traveling to like North Korea like get like barely escaping from North Korea like she was not going to be out here uh 
she was not going to be like in Ferguson, Missouri. Like she was never going to do any of that shit. Like, and you're <laughs> dumb if you thought so. Like, honestly, I just, I just tried to picture Rory in Ferguson and almost had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> like, please. <laughs> Have it folks. This is everything that we think made a year in the life. Good, bad, and basic. Both the WB slash the CW's Gilmore Girls, as well as A Year in the Life, are currently streaming on Netflix. Though we initially had our reservations when Netflix planned to go after the landmark series nine years after it ended, their willingness to keep the characters intact and show us a realistic evolution of their lives made A Year in the Life an excellent revival in my book. Patrons, be sure to check out that GBB Gilmore Girls Spotify playlist. Season two of The Good, The Bad, The Basic is officially over. Tune in next week when we'll be entering season three of GBB, Families. Among the shows we'll be discussing are Malcolm in the Middle, Lincoln Heights, and Big Love. To kick things off, we'll be reviewing the NBC family drama Parenthood. If you want to revisit or catch up on the series, Parenthood is currently streaming on Hulu. Until then, our patrons can look forward to the latest in GBB's Gone Too Soon series, where Em and I will be discussing ABC's sci-fi crime drama Flash Forward. The episode goes live this Saturday. If you want to check out the entire first and only season of the series, Flash Forward is streaming over at abc.go.com. You can also catch Alex and I over on the You Started It podcast, hosted by Kieran Scarlett. GBB was invited to talk about how our musical influences shaped our career paths, and we had such a great time speaking with Kieran. The episode goes live next Monday and will be shared on our Twitter page. You can follow The Good, The Bad, The Basic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Pocket Cast to listen to all of our regular weekly episodes on the go. If you love this sort of content and you want more, become a show producer and patron on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash good, bad, basic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly content as well as exclusive bonus material. As always, be sure to check out our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic. And of course, be sure to follow us at Good Bad Basic Pod on Twitter. Until next time. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs>